Hey guys, Kale here. So, where are you at right now? Not physically, like right now I'm sitting in my little brother's bedroom because I'm in Ohio and not Budapest, um, which is where I'm a missionary to, but not talking about your physical location. Where are you at right now serving God or in your growth and in your walk with God? I ask this because um, as a young person in ministry, it's easy to be stuck looking into the future, wondering how God will use you. Um, I'm 31, going on 32, and I, I remember being 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and um, at our church, we always made a, a big deal about growing in God, being discipled, being used by God, serving the Lord with your whole life, and what are you going to do God, do for God with your life? And that that is a big deal. But when you're young, you lack the patience um, that you have as you get older. And so it can be really easy to get stuck in this rut of constantly looking at the future. Maybe you have a dream of what, or, or some sort of a burden or idea of what you'd like to do for God. Maybe you don't, and you're just desiring to have that burden or dream. And it can be really easy to fall into this rut of always looking forward and not realizing where you're at right now. Um, feeling like you're always waiting on God to like let you go, to let you. I, I remember when I was really young, I, I always felt like I was waiting on God or waiting on my pastors to finally let me go. Not not to go away, but like like you're almost being restrained and like, you know, like just just let me go. Let me let me fly. Let me try this, you know. And uh, but God knows what's best and your pastors know what's best for you. And they're uh, they're looking out for your best interest and the people that you will be ministering to in the future. Um, in our youth, we're often told we need to be patient and we need to wait. But why? Why is that? Well, I want to look at that word wait today and see why biblically I think we look at that word wrong, especially in our youth. Psalm 27, 14 is one of my favorite verses. I'm going to read it to you. It's a good memory verse. You should, you should memorize this verse. Uh, Psalm 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So we've got the word wait in that verse two times, Psalm 27, 14, but it also says wait on the Lord, and that's the key. Now, when we think of waiting colloquially and practically, we think of sitting down, sitting on our hands, and just waiting. You know, before smartphones, that was really boring. If you had to wait in the doctor's office on the doctor to be ready for you, you're just sitting there reading a magazine or, or just waiting, just being bored and waiting for whatever is to come to come, whether that's waiting for a bad thing or for a good thing, it's 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 the idea of being bored and being discontent with where you're at because you're waiting for the next thing. But you know, we also use the word wait colloquially in other ways, like waiting on tables, being a waiter. It's that that's a lot different because that's an active waiting. That's a service. You know, waiting is serving in that area, and it's the same thing in the Bible. If you start running the references on waiting, especially waiting on the Lord, it's an act of waiting. It's not sitting and, um, I'm trying to think of a good synonym for waiting, but in a negative connotation. But that's it's it's not the idea of just sitting and doing nothing until God tells you to do something or until God opens the door for you to do something. Waiting is active. It's service. It's it's waiting on the Lord. You look in the Old Testament, you see different references like waiting on the service of the temple. You know what I mean? It's 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 an active serving thing. Waiting is active. Waiting is serving. So as you're waiting on God to use you to do something real big, let me ask you again, what are you doing right now? 
Where does he have you serving today? Or are you serving? Maybe you're not. Here, here's what I here's what I want to tell you. Wherever you're serving God, and I hope you are, if, if you're not serving God at all and you're hoping he's going to do something big with you, he won't. You got to get in the game. God doesn't pick people who are sideline sitters to go do something big for him. It, see how that works? God doesn't choose guys who aren't even coming to practice to be the starting quarterback. That's not how it works. Get in the game. Do something. God will use you. But for those of us who are serving somewhere, wherever you're serving, I don't care if you're serving in youth ministry, children's ministry, coffee shop ministry, sound booth, whatever it is that you do in church or outside of church, whatever you're doing, instead of, and this is specifically to the younger people, because I remember being that young and, and waiting to be given more responsibility, you can often overlook the responsibility you already have or the service or the ministry context that you've already been given. So what I'm going to, the advice that I want to give you is don't be discontent with where you're at. It's good to be excited for the future. That's what drives you to train and to learn and to grow. That's important. That's why I feel God gives us a vision or a burden of the future or, or of a future ministry context so that it will drive you to train and disciple and to be prepared and to be equipped. That's important. But you shouldn't let that happen to the detriment of where your current service is. Be intentional to learn and to grow wherever God has you. Because here's the secret sauce. I'm telling you, I didn't figure this out until it was later in my ministry and, and as I was getting older. Wherever God has you, he's preparing you right now for whatever it is that he wants you to do in the future. Did you hear that? Wherever God has you right now, he will use that to prepare you for whatever it is he wants you to do in the future. And that doesn't and, and that can be good and bad. He might be boiling to the top of your life impurities that he needs to scrape off and teaching you things and growing and 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 uh, growing some immaturity out of you. And he needs you to see that in a certain ministry before he can let you do something else. God might be teaching you humility. You might be someone who's constantly asking, why won't the pastor let me get up and teach or preach in whatever ministry context? And it's it might just be because you're really prideful and God needs to humble you. Maybe you need to spend a couple years washing toilets in the bathroom before God ever gives you a pulpit. I, I think there's a lot of famous guys out there that that would have been good for them, uh, for their pride and their ego if they would have scrubbed toilets for a few years before they uh, ever touched the pulpit. I, I did that and it, it was huge for me. However it is, God, and for good too, because God is going to prepare you. God will teach you different things. It's, it's better to learn and to cut your teeth on preaching and teaching the Bible with younger kids who are more forgiving um, than it is to, to, to do it on adults who are older than you, by the way. And in some cases, if you're a young guy or gal in the ministry and, and, and growing and desiring to serve. And so God is forming you and shaping you and giving you experience and teaching you things wherever you're at right now. But if you're constantly focused on the future and where you want to be, well, then you're going to miss the opportunities God has for you to grow and to learn right where you're at. But not only that, because the second part is wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, it matters. It, it is a big deal. We might think as, as young people, like 19, 20, 21, that like, oh man, well, someday I know God's going to use me to be a missionary. And I hope so. Praise God for that. I hope that there's people out there who want to be missionaries or that God wants me to be a pastor or a church planner or a worship leader or, or a deacon or, or whatever it is in, in your church and local ministry. That's awesome. But whatever you're doing right now, 
not only is God preparing you for what he wants to use you for in the future, it matters right now. It doesn't matter. If you're in children's ministry, that is one of the most important jobs in the world, is investing in our children and teaching them a biblical worldview so that they actually have a defense when they go out into the world and are being propagandized and completely um, saturated in the worldviews of this humanistic, atheistic, secularized worldview, of this culture of the world right? That's so important to teach our kids. So, so if you're in that, don't overlook it as like, well, you know, I'm doing this for now. I'm babysitting, but someday God will do that. No, no, no. God's teaching you things now and you're actually doing something that matters. Don't overlook that young person because it's easy to do. I've been there. I remember doing it. Don't overlook that. Whatever you're doing right now, it's don't look at it as a stepping stone to better ministry opportunities elsewhere. In the 60s and 70s, maybe all the way into the 80s, in Baptist churches all over the country, um, this is like a weird little part of history, but like Baptist churches didn't, uh, as a whole, they didn't um, uh, train their own guys to replace themselves in the pulpit. You know, they weren't raising up their own men, typically, generally speaking, to to be the senior pastors of their churches. And so it was seen very much like, like a vocation in a lot of ways. And so you went to school, you put out your resume, you looked for jobs. And like often they would have churches. And I think I this is my own opinion. Nobody said this. Nobody told me this. But just looking at history and stuff, I think my church, FBC in New Philly, would have maybe been considered a stepping stone church for a pastor who's looking to rise through the ranks and get a really good church or a big church in a big city because we were we're a small town with a decent church of faithful people a decent sized church but it was still in a small town and and so these these baptist pastors a lot of times would they would look for like intro level you know gigs of being a pastor and then they would constantly be looking well where can i you know i'm a youth pastor here in this small town in the midwest but maybe then i can be an associate pastor in this slightly bigger town in the south and then maybe eventually if i you know this is a stepping stone until you be a senior pastor in this big city on the East Coast or the West Coast. And that's not a way to look at ministry ever, but it's definitely not a way to look at ministry, even if it's not your vocation. You know what I mean? Youth ministry, often seen as a stepping stone ministry for youth pastors or whoever, or, you know, volunteers and counselors to whatever they would do next. It's not a stepping stone ministry. It's incredibly important. Maybe in the past, people using it as a stepping stone ministry is why we have so many kids graduating their faith when they go off to college. Who knows? But it's an important, incredibly important area of service. And God has you there not only to teach you and train you and shape you for the future, but to use you right where you're at. And so whatever you're doing, man, can I just encourage you and 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 beseech you to do it with your whole heart and mind and soul and will and strength wherever you're serving god be there be present you're maybe you're waiting on god to do something else with you but waiting is active be used of god where you're at so that he can teach you and train you and equip you and use you wherever he's got you so seek to be all in wherever you're at and to fulfill it that that's another key word waiting and fulfill Fulfill the ministry that God's given you. That comes from another memory verse, Colossians 4, 17, that says, Say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Take heed to the ministry that you've received in the Lord. God has given you this ministry, young person, or whoever's listening, wherever you're at in ministry. God has given you this ministry that you're in. Take heed that you fulfill it. Not 
do this until something better comes or do this until God finally turns you loose to do what you really want to do. Take heed to the ministry that thou hast received in the Lord that, that, that ye fulfill it. That means doing it with your whole heart and seeking to be all in and training guys around you to even to replace you someday. And, and when you have fulfilled that ministry, God will let you know. And chances are there will be a man that you've trained to put in your place and you're not leaving that ministry empty-handed without a leader and then God will move you on. I'll end this episode this week with my own little story here of I was the youth minister, uh, youth pastor at our church in the high school for four years before I went on deputation as a missionary. And when I went into it, there was a lot of things that needed to be fixed and changed and there was a lot to do. It wasn't just like, hey, you're the next guy. There was like, no, there, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And Maybe this is another episode, another day, but in, in my life, there's been a pattern of that's how God's used me. And so I kind of started to see my wheelhouse and my shape and how God can and wants to use me. And it became a pattern and something that like I, I could start to see and realize that in the future, God would maybe use me in this type of a way. Um, and so anyway, I'm in the ministry and after about three years, um, you know, it's like the, the ministry is starting to be where it needs to be and it's the vision is being completed and kids are, it, all of the, the, the vision and the mission and everything has been set in place and people are, you know, taking it up and running with it and I'm training people and, um, it was very obvious to me when I had fulfilled the ministry because, um, Jeff and I had been talking about missions forever and Hungary is something that wasn't, didn't come out of nowhere. Something I've been praying about for years, but at the time, the thing was when, when is the right timing? When am I ready? When is Hungary ready? When is our church ready to send us kind of a thing, not just getting trigger happy on God and jumping into it in your own will. Um, and, and when I finally knew that it was time was, uh, when, when our first son Judah was born, he was due and, and was born like a week before summer camp, which at our church for the youth summer camp is huge. It takes like six months to plan. And it's, it's a big deal. Take a couple hundred students, three, four hours away up into Michigan for summer camp, a big evangelistic push. It's a big deal. And so I planned the whole thing, knowing that I wouldn't be able to be there or at least not be able to be there the whole time and to run it. And so I planned it with uh, one of my friends, Josh Irvin, who's, spoiler alert, the current youth pastor at First Baptist Church. And um, when it came time to it, it was like, okay, man, I'm going to have this baby and you're the guy, you're going to lead it. And so we do that. The baby comes on time and healthy. And, uh, and after, after a couple of days, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive up just to see how everybody's doing, just stay up for a day and then come back home. And I get up there in the middle of the camp week and I'm walking around kind of ready to put out fires and to help and do whatever I can. And, and man, everything was moving smoothly. It really was. They, they had it. They, they, it was, they got it. And I was sitting after a session in the, in, in the main meeting room after all the kids went back to their cabins for, for what we called cabin time, like small group discussion. And, uh, and they're all going to that. I'm just sitting in there like looking at the empty room. They're all doing what needs to be done and it's going well. And I'm like, okay, they don't need me anymore. It's kind of a bittersweet realization because that was the plan all along. But then you finally get there to where you, you know, work yourself out of a job or you work yourself out of being needed, kind of like being a parent, right? That's the goal the whole time is to raise your kids to be able to do live on their own successfully. And that, but then you get there and it's it's bittersweet, right? But that was when I knew I was like, okay, now it's time to prepare to leave. And it was after you know that last that that was my third year, and so we announced to the church after the summer in the fall that this would be my last full school year before I would go on deputation to prepare to go to Hungary. But but 
that was being all in. It wasn't constantly looking to the future like, okay, I'm the youth pastor now, but I'm waiting to be a missionary. It was, I'm the youth pastor and God might use me to do this someday in the future. But right now, this is where God has me and I'm going to be all in here. And I can do other episodes in the future about how God equipped me and trained me to do what I'm doing now there. But the idea is seek to fulfill the ministry that God's given you. And when it's time to move on, he'll tell you. Don't be constantly looking towards the future. Be present, be active in your waiting where God has you so that he can not only prepare you for what's next, but he can use you where you're at. Because wherever you're at, it matters. It's a big deal. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless.